0: Wonderful word of the Lord. Today we're looking in the book of Exodus, chapter number 35. The book of Exodus, chapter number 35. This morning we'll begin reading with verse number 4. Exodus chapter number 35, and we'll begin reading with verse number 4. I'll give you a moment to find it while you're doing that. Let me say it's a, an honor and a privilege and a joy this morning to have uh, my uncle Larry Benson and his uh, wife Diane. From Oklahoma City with us today, he uh, installed uh, our sound equipment. And uh, with the two churches, uh, there's been a little changing and a little problems here and there. So he's here to tweak it and get it back to the where it was when he installed it. And thank you, Larry, for coming. Amen. Would you just uh, show my Uncle Larry a sincere appreciation this morning? Amen. The book of Exodus this morning, chapter number 35. I'm going to begin reading with verse number 4 says that, and Moses spoke to all the, children, the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, This is the thing which the Lord commanded, saying, Take from among you an offering to the Lord. Whoever is of a willing heart, let him bring, bring it as an offering to the Lord. Gold, silver, and bronze. Blue, purple, and scarlet thread. Fine linen and goat's hair. Ram skins dyed red. Badger skins and acacia wood. Oil for the light and spices for the anointing oil and for the sweet incense. Onyx stones and stones to be set in the ephod and in the breastplate. Drop down to verse number 21. Then everyone came whose heart was stirred and everyone whose spirit was willing. And they brought the Lord's offering for the work of the tabernacle of meeting, for all of its service and for the holy garments. Now look at chapter 36. Began reading with verse number 2. Then Moses called uh, Bezalel and Aholiab and every gifted artisan in whose heart the Lord had put wisdom, everyone whose heart was stirred to come and do the work. And they received from Moses all the offering which the children of Israel had brought for the work of the service of making the sanctuary." So they continued bringing to him free will offerings every morning. Then all the craftsmen who were doing all the work of the sanctuary came, each from the work he was doing. And they spoke to Moses, saying, The people bring much more than enough for the service of the work which the Lord commanded us to do. So Moses gave a commandment, and they caused it to be proclaimed throughout the camp, saying, Let neither man nor woman do any more work for the offering of the sanctuary." And the people were restrained from bringing, for the material they had was sufficient for all the work to be done, indeed too much. Well, this morning we are going to continue the message that we began last Sunday and actually started a couple of weeks ago as we talk about furnishing the grace place. Father I thank you today Father that you have called us for such a time as this God I believe that our church is absolutely set on go today God I believe that eye has not seen and ear has not heard and it hasn't even entered into our heart the things that you have prepared for this congregation and for this body of believers God I pray Lord today the spirit of generosity would break out in this house today and God not only would there be enough to furnish the grace place but there will be more than enough so we can do more for your kingdom and for your glory. All uh, that that agrees with this prayer will say praise the Lord. Lord. And you may be reseated this morning. Well, well, the book of Exodus chapter 35 and 36, instructions are given for the building and for the furnishing of the wilderness tabernacle where, where the presence of God would be manifest. Well, Here at New Bethel, we too are building God a house. It's going to be called the Grace Place. But it is my desire, and I believe it is the will of the Lord, that it is not just a new name for a new building. But I believe this is going to be the DNA of who we are. I believe that God wants us to become the grace place. I I want this to be a safe place. I, I want it to be a caring place. I want it to be a healing place. Jesus said in Luke chapter 14 and verse 13, Jesus said, he said, call the poor, the crippled. He said, call the hurting. He said, call the maim. He said, call the blind. And Jesus said, you will be blessed. So at the grace place, God will send to us, I believe He will send to us the wounded. I believe He will send to us the hurting. I believe that God will send to us the dis- disillusion. Oh, God is going to send us people that are in need of grace, both the up and out as well as the down and out. My vision is for the grace place to be a place where caring people care for people are five things in Exodus chapter 35 and chapter 36 that that I believe relates to you and to me and to us as a church today, and I want to point out those five things to you this morning. First of all, I want us to notice the request, and the request is found in verses uh, 4 and 5. Moses spoke to all the congregation of the children of Israel, saying, this is the thing which the Lord commanded, saying, take from among you an offering to the Lord. Whoever is of a willing heart, let him bring it as an offering to the Lord, and then he goes on to describe what the offering should consist of. So, so here we have, here we have Moses' request. Moses' request. And the request is bring an offering for the tabernacle. Now, let me suggest to you this morning that if, if anyone thinks that the modern day church uh, asks for too many offerings, they all they need to do is read the Old Testament. You might be glad you live in the New Testament era and not the Old Testament Amen. era. Because if you'll read in the Old Testament, you'll read, you'll read all, first of all, that there was the tithe. The tithe, and I believe that's for today as well, but, but there was the tithe 10% off of the top. The first 10% of everything they possessed was to be brought to the house of God and offered as an offering. And then the Bible talks about the burnt offering. It talks about the peace offering. It talks about the sin offering. It talks about the trespass offering. It talks about the drink offering. It talks about the wave offering. It talks about the thanksgiving offering. It talks about the free will offering. Matter of fact, the word offering in the Old Testament is used over 4,500 times. In verses 4 through 19, Moses requests offerings for the tabernacle. Okay, that's Moses' request. Now I'd like to talk about my request. Now if you've been here the past couple of Sundays, you have heard my request. Some of you, this is your first Sunday in the last couple of Sundays. So let me, let me share it with you and, and let me remind the rest of you my request. As of a week ago, this past Friday, dirt has now been moved on our property next door as we are, we are officially up and going and moving forward in the process of building the grace place. Can we put a picture of the grace place this morning? Now, let let me, let me remind you that between the money that we already have and the money that we are borrowing, between those two, we have everything in place to build this building. This building will be built now what we don't have say don't have now what we don't have is the money to furnish the building once it is built and how many know if you were to build yourself a brand new home you would want some furniture to move into your new home well we don't have any furniture to move into our new home so that's what this is all about today is furnishing the grace place so, what do we need money for? Well, we need money for 600 chairs for our auditorium. Uh, we need money to furnish the classrooms. There's 20 of them. Uh, we need office furniture. We need tables. We need chairs. We need appliances for the kitchen. We need sound equipment and, and, and stage lighting for three auditoriums. The main auditorium, the youth auditorium, and the kids have one. We need a garage for storage. Somewhere around $350,000 we need. Don't get too nervous. Of this, of this $350,000 that we need, we already have or will have $200,000 of the three hundred and fifty. dollars so, so really all we need is around $150,000 cash, and that must come from you, and it must come from me. At the end of the message today, I'm going to ask you to join me in giving a faith promise offering that is above, say above. above. Above our present giving in every area. Please do not borrow from Peter to give to Paul. Don't take from one stack to give to... Don't take your missions money and put it in the furnishing uh, grace place offering. No, no. Don't switch your money around. That doesn't do anybody any good and it hurts those people you, and those ministries you take money from. It must be above and beyond what we are already presently giving. We're going to have one full year to give our offering. And you can give it any way you want to. You can give it all in one time if you want to. Uh, You can give it weekly. You can give it monthly. However that you want to give it. Now my wife and I, we are issuing a challenge. And our challenge is that we will match, we will match the highest faith promise up to $12,000 or $1,000 a month for one full year. That's what we're going to give If someone will match us. And I need several to match us. Or let me tell you that I'm not limiting you. That's not what your limit is. That's just what ours is. And I want you to know what it is. Let me tell you that if we indeed raise 150000 dollars in a year above and beyond uh, what we are presently giving, then some they are gonna have to be a there's gonna have to be a handful of people that, that reach out there and believe God and, and and do what we're gonna do and give a thousand dollars a month. If we actually reach the goal, there's gonna be several that's gonna have to say, well, I can't do that, but but I can come up with 500 dollars a month, and several that's gonna say, I can't do that, but I can come up with two fifty a month or one fifty a month, and a lot of people will be able to say, I'm gonna give a hundred dollars a month. But let me tell you, if everybody gives $100 a month, we're not going to get there. Several are going to have to join with us and do close to what we're doing if we're going to reach our goal. All right, that's my request. So the first thing that I see in these two chapters is the request. The second thing that I see, I see the response. What is the response to this request? Well, it's found in verse number 21 says, Then everyone came whose heart was stirred, and everyone whose spirit was willing. And they brought the Lord's offering for the work of the tabernacle of meeting, for all its service, and for the holy garments. I love, I love the first part of this verse. Everyone came whose heart was stirred. Notice the phrase, heart stirred. That's what I'm praying for this morning. That's what I've been praying for 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 weeks now. I'm praying that God will stir our hearts. As I said last week, I'm not asking you to give to a building. I'm not asking you to give to furnish a building. Not really. That's not really what this is all about. What I am asking you to do is I am asking you to look inside of that building through eyes of faith. Look inside of that building. I want you to see the people. Through eyes of faith, can you see wounded people? Oh, can you see people that the world and even some churches have beaten up and wounded and left a bloody mess? And can you see them through eyes of faith? Can you see them stumbling into the grace place? And can you watch as caring people care for people? And can you see them through eyes of faith? Can you see us receive these people and reach these people and restore these people? The first part of the response was heart stirred. The second part of the response was hands supply. Hands supply. Verse 21, everyone whose heart was stirred, notice, brought the Lord's offering for the work of the tabernacle. Let me tell you, I can stand up here until the cows come home and I don't even know how long that is. I can stand up here this morning until I am blue in the face and I can beg and I can plead and I can twist arms and uh, very little will ever happen. But I want you to know that when the Holy Spirit touches our hearts, when the Holy Spirit touches our hearts, our hands supply what stirs our heart. Let me ask you this morning what stirs your heart. Let me ask you this morning, do you have any kids? Do you have any grandkids? Let me ask you this, are they saved or are they lost? Let me ask you this this morning, can you see them through eyes of faith? Can you see them in the children's area? Can you see them in the youth facility? Uh, Can you see them loving Jesus instead of selling themselves to the devil? Can you see Pastor Pam and Pastor Steve? Can you see their influence on them? Oh, can you see them in a spirit-filled environment instead of a demon-filled environment? Oh, what will be your response this morning? You see, if your heart is stirred, your hands will supply. Speaking of supply, notice the third thing that I see here, and that is the resources. Skip over to chapter 36 and let's read verse 3. It says that they received from Moses all the offering which the children of Israel had brought for the work of the service of making the sanctuary. So they continued bringing to him free will offerings every morning. Notice two types of resources that we see here. First of all is immediate resources. As soon as the offering was called for, They immediately responded and immediately brought an offering they, they didn't have to pray about it Pastor, I'll pray about it well I got different feelings on that I know first of all if they genuinely do pray about it God will speak to them second of all I doubt they really do pray about it they didn't have to take time to, to, to pray about it. They just, they just heard. They just received the challenge. Oh, uh, and they just immediately began to bring resources. They just began to bring things to help uh, furnish and build the tabernacle. Amen. They didn't have to pray about it. Notice. Notice they didn't have to feel led. Well, Pastor, I, ooh, I just don't feel lead. Well, I'll help you this morning. I have lead. So, for some of you that are so spiritual, you have to feel lead. I sharpened it, man. Feel lead, buddy. Do you feel lead? Do you feel lead? Oh, really? oh he feels lead. Do you feel lead? Oh, I. Oh, wow. That's for some of you that have, if you're one of those that have to feel lead this morning, come by me, I've got lead. You can feel it this morning. Oh, come on. Second type of resources was incessant resources. Now, incessant means regular. It means continual. It means perpetual. Verse 3, they continued bringing to Him freewill offerings every morning. They didn't just give a one-time offering. They didn't just give weekly. They didn't just give monthly. But, But every single day they brought an offering for the tabernacle. And if you and I would only understand that we receive gifts from God every single day of our life. If we would only understand that every single thing that we have came from God. all oh, the very food that we eat, the very air that we breathe, the clothes that we wear, the house we live in, the car we drive. Everything we have belongs to God. Everything we have came from God. If we would understand that God is our source and that every single day we are blessed of God. And every single day God brings provision to us. Oh, why not bring an offering every single day? Jesus said, freely you have received, so you should freely give. I have been praying and my deacons have been praying with me that a spirit of generosity will break out in this place today. And that is what I'm going to believe, God, today, is that a spirit of generosity will break out today. Some of you that came in mind to give $100 a month, the spirit of generosity is going to jump on you. I was raising church to build the Dumas Church a hundred years ago. And after church, after Miracle Sunday, I had one of my men come up to me and he said, Pastor, he said, don't let anybody ever tell you that your sermons aren't worth anything. He said, because I'm going to tell you, you've got one sermon that's worth at least $4,000. He said, because I came this morning fully prepared to give $1,000 in the miracle offering And he said, before I left, I had given five. It's not my sermon. I'm praying that the spirit of generosity, amen, will take over in this house today. You see, I have no doubt that many of you will give today. There's no doubt in my mind. Because, you see, I know who the givers are. I know who the givers are. And givers give. (laughs) Give. So there's no doubt in my mind that, 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 that many will give today. But listen, I'm praying that the Holy Spirit will get into the pockets of some people that seldom if ever give. I know my givers are going to give. They just That's who they are. That's what they do. But I'm trusting God for some resources to come from some very unexpected sources today. I have a challenge for all of us here today. Let our offering be both immediate and incessant. Let's every one of us give something today. Even if it's just a little, but let's not leave this building today until all of us have done at least something today. And then weekly or monthly, let us bring our faith promise offerings and let us present them to the Lord. All right, let's talk about the fourth thing that I see in this passage and that is the restriction. And the restriction is found in chapter 36, verse 4 through 7. It says, Then all the craftsmen who were doing all the work of the sanctuary came each from the work he was doing. And they spoke to Moses saying, The people bring much more than enough. They bring much more than enough for the service of the work which the Lord commanded us to do. So Moses gave a commandment, and they caused it to be proclaimed throughout the camp saying, Let neither man nor woman do any more work for the offering of the sanctuary... And the people were restrained from bringing. (laughs) For the material they had was sufficient for all of the work to be done indeed too much. Two things that I see here. First of all, I see the inclusion. The inclusion. Verse 4, then, all, say all. All the craftsmen. Every single craftsman had more than enough supplies to do their work for the tabernacle and its furnishing. How many of you this morning are, are familiar with the Pareto Principle? The Pareto Principle. The Pareto Principle is simply this. 20% of the people do 80% of the work. 20% of the people give 80% of the money. It's a, it's a principle. Pareto discovered it. It's called the Pareto Principle. And it doesn't matter whether it's at school, at work, or at church. 20% of the people do 80% of the work, and 20% of the people give 80% of the money. Can I tell you that if 100% of our people were tithers? I just wish 100% of the members who signed a card saying they would tithe they would tithe. Would tithe. Can I tell you that if 100% of our people were tithers, if 100% of our people were also givers, we wouldn't be trying to raise a peddly $150,000. We could raise a million. What could happen today if everyone was included in this faith promise? Oh, if 100% of us did our very best, whether your best is a thousand a month or a hundred dollars a month, or if your very best is 25 bucks a month, but if 100% of our people did it, did their very, very best and simply offer to God what is in our hands and what we can believe by faith that God will place in our hands in the next 12 months. Wow, what would happen? What could could happen? Not only do I see the inclusion here, I also see the incredible. The incredible is found in verse 5 through 7 of chapter 36. And they spoke to Moses saying, the people bring much more than enough. For the service of the work which the Lord commanded us to do. So Moses gave a commandment and they caused it to be proclaimed throughout the camp saying, Let neither man nor woman nor do any more for the work of the sanctuary. And the people were restrained from bringing. For the material they had was sufficient for all the work to be done indeed too much. Notice three phrases right here. The first phrase I want you to notice is the people bring much more than enough. (laughs) That has never Happened to me. And in two weeks, it'll be 40 years. Our 40th anniversary of ministry. And It was October the 20th. 40 years ago, we began full-time ministry. And it's never happened to me in 40 years of ministry and in eight different building programs. Let today be a first. The second phrase I noticed here is, And the people were, were restrained from, from bringing. Oh, oh, the people had brought so much. Oh, they had given so much that Moses had to put up his hands in the air and say, Stop! Enough already. Don't bring any more. Oh, I wonder what that would be like. And the third phrase... Uh, the material was not only enough to meet the need. Here's the phrase, indeed too much. Oh, what would happen here today if a spirit of generosity would break out in this place? Oh, to the extent that I would have to say, Stop. <laughs> enough. Well a pastor can dream, can't he? <laughs> Come on, don't take away my dream. The fifth thing that I want to talk to you about today, I want to talk to you about the reaping. Let me talk to you out of my heart this morning. See, see, it's not easy to be the preacher that raises the money and talks about money. and It's not easy. I can't tell you how many times I've been criticized and talked about. And, and, and I just think, oh, I'm, surely I won't have to do that again. But here we are again, because that's just a part of who God made me, what God uses me to do, and I want to be obedient to God. I want to talk to you out of my heart this morning. You need to give money today. You need to give today more than this church needs to receive. You need to give it more than this church needs to receive it. And let me be quite clear, we do have a need if we don't raise the money. I guess we could cross our legs like Indians and sit and have a powwow. We, we do have a need. We do need to furnish the grace place. But let me tell you that God placed, God put into place a law. And God's laws work. Amen. Thank you, Lord. The law that I'm talking about right now is the law of the harvest. The law of the harvest. And this law was not made up by the hyperfaith movement. Yes, this law has been distorted. Yes, this law has been used to manipulate people by unscrupulous ministries that try to milk money out of sincere saints in order to use on personal and selfish lifestyles. That being said, the law of the harvest is still a law. It's God's law. Pastor, what's the law of the harvest? We've talked about it before, but let me remind you. It's actually threefold. The law of the harvest is, number one, you reap what you sow. You reap what you sow. If you plant corn, what are you going to reap? You're not going to reap some other vegetable. You're going to reap what you sow. It doesn't matter what you sow. The harvest will come from and only from, say only from, The harvest will come from and only from the seeds that you sow. If you sow kindness, you're going to reap kindness. Just challenge you tomorrow. Just go around smiling tomorrow. Just do the checkout line to your boss. Just start smiling everywhere you go. See how many smile back at you. Not everybody will. But you'll reap it. Because you reap what you sow. If you sow anger, you're going to reap anger. If you sow love, love is going to return to you. You're going to reap love. If you sow money, you're going to reap money. Because you reap what you sow. Second law of the harvest is you reap more than you sow. The seeds that you sow multiply. What good would it be for a farmer to plant corn and only harvest the same amount that he put in the ground? It would be a work of futility. The third law of the harvest is you reap later. Later than you sow. You don't plant in the morning and reap in the afternoon. The seed must have time to germinate. The Bible calls it seed time harvest. Say that with me. Seed time harvest. I believe with all of my heart that if you will plant an offering of money today that you will reap a harvest of money. And the reaping will be greater than the sowing. The harvest will be greater than the seed you sow. I want to look at one more scripture and then we'll be done today. Luke 6 and 38. It's one of my life verses. Luke 6 and 38, the New Living Translation says, Give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full, P- pressed down, shaken together to make room for more, running over and poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. Let me point out four things in this verse. First of all, I see here, I see the command. I, I see the command, give, give. Jesus commanded us to give. You say, Pastor, what should we give? I believe we should give our time, our talent, and our treasure. I don't know about you this morning, but my my desire, I have a genuine desire to be a giver. Not only to be a giver, but I have a desire to be a generous giver. I want to give to my family. I I want to give to my friends. I want to give to my church. I want to give to people that have legitimate needs. But you see, I have a problem. Most of you don't have a problem, but I do. I have a problem. It's not my nature to give. I'm just, I'm honest with you. It's not my nature to give. By nature, I'm a saver. By nature, I'm a tightwad. I'm just being honest. I have to get out of my comfort zone to be a giver. Not a tither, a giver. I had to do that many, many, many years ago. I've had eight building programs and I've led the way in giving in every single one of them. I got that under control many, many years ago. But I want to tell you that I still have to fight that old nature from time to time. Amen. Why do you think I have waited so long to raise this money? <laughs> because I knew that I would probably have to give the biggest gift. So I've held on to it as long as I could. See, that was my heart right there. Notice the second thing, the collecting. Jesus said, give and it shall be given. Give and you will receive, Jesus said, the collecting. Oh, give that seed's sown. And it shall be given. And you will receive. That's the reaping. That's the harvest of the seed that you have sowed. You see, you cannot plant something without reaping something. It's a law. It's God's law.
1: And the only way that
0: you can plant something and not reap is if you pull the seed out of the ground prematurely. Notice the third thing, the compounding. The compounding. Give, the command, shall be given, the collecting. But notice how much we collect from the seed we have sown. Your gift will return to you. How is it going to return to me? Is it going to return to me just like I gave it? No, no. Jesus said your gift will return to you in full. The seed you plant, you'll get all of it back. Yeah. Plus, say plus. plus. Your gift will return to you in full. But Jesus said not just in full, but pressed down, shaken together to make room for more running over. And poured into your lap. You see, God multiplies our seed and He gives back to us all that we have given to Him. But then God doesn't stop there, but God pays interest on the gift. He, gives, he pays interest on the seed or the gift that we give to Him. And not simple interest, but compounded interest. And Notice the last thing that I see in Luke 6 and 38. The condition. There always is one. The last sentence in this verse says, New Living Translation, the amount you give will determine the amount you get back. New King James Version says, for with the same measure or measuring device you use that same measure or that same measuring device will be used to give back to you. See, some of you complain about what you receive from God. Let me tell you, friend, if you receive little from God, it's because you give little to God. My question to you today is what type of measuring device are you using to give to God with? Because whatever measuring device you are using to give to God is the exact and very same measuring device that God is going to use to give back to us. Amen. That's what Jesus said. He yeah. didn't come from Tulsa. <laughs> We're not going to throw out the baby with the bathwater. Somebody overdoes something or misuses something. We're going to throw it all out. throw it all out it's a principle it works it's it's the word it's in red may I ask you this morning how big or how small is the measuring device that you are using to give lift because the very same size measuring device that you are using to give out of is the exact same measuring device that God is going to use to give back to you. So some of you <laughs> give to God with a baby spoon. I mean, my one year old granddaughter don't even like this anymore. She'll throw it back in your face. <laughs> she wants something bigger than this. But some of you getting very little from God, you wonder, why am I getting very little? You hear about everybody else's glowing testimonies of how God provides and how God blesses and how God shows up miraculously in their lives. and you wonder, why is it happening to them, and it's not happening to me. Jesus had the same measuring device you use to give to God is the very same measuring device that God is going to use to give back to you. Well, maybe you ought to get you a little bigger measuring device. That's not much either. Maybe you need to get you a little bigger measuring device. Because with the same measuring device, Jesus said that you use to give to God. That's the very same measuring device He is going to use to give back with. Some of you are happy with that. I'm not. Jesus said the same measuring device you use to give out of is the same measuring device He's going to use. The same measuring device you use to give out of is the same measuring device He's going to use to give back with. The same measuring device, Jesus, I didn't say it, Jesus said, He said the same measuring device that you use to give to me with, God said I'll take that same measuring device and I'll use it to give back to you. Settle for that if you want to. Jesus said, (laughs) the same measuring device that you use to give to God He's going to use to give back to you. Jesus said, (laughs) Jesus said with the same measuring device that you used to give to me, whatever it is, whatever it is, whatever the device is, However big or how small. The same measuring device you use to give. I didn't say it. Jesus said, I'm going to use it to give back. Jesus said. Jesus said with the same measuring device that you use to give to me. Jesus said, I'm going to use that same measuring device and I'm going to bring it back to you. I don't know about you this morning. I don't know what kind of measuring device you're using. I'm going to tell you that if you're stingy with God, God's going to be stingy with you. But I'm going to tell you that if you'll get generous with God, if you'll give God everything that's in your hand, if you'll give it all to God, bring it all to God, I'm telling you that God, amen, will bring it back with the same measuring device that you used to give. Musicians and singers get back in place. Paw Paw's got to take a breath. Devil doesn't have a chance, does he? I want you blessed. I want you blessed. I'll take the heat for this if I can get you blessed. See, I'm not getting a dime out of this. It's costing me twelve grand. In the end, it won't cost me anything. The disciples one day wanted to brag about, Lord, we've left all and followed you. Where where is our plaque from Springfield? Jesus said, let me tell you something, boy. I think he called him boy that day. Let me tell you something, boy. No man's ever left house or home or family or friends or loved ones for my sake. And the kingdom of heaven. But what he'll receive manifold more in this life. And everlasting life in eternity. Amen. 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 We're not just going to reap in this life. We're going to reap in that life. And some of you think heaven is a one size fits all. It's not. We all get there the same way, only through the blood of Jesus. Not all of you are going to be on my block. There's degrees of punishment in hell, there's degrees of reward in heaven. And I don't want to just get there, but I want to be rewarded. Once I get there Father I just pray today That you will do What I am unable to do today Lord I just pray to you today Lord I pray for A spirit of generosity To break out In this place today God I pray for those That brought a baby spoon To give out of today Will at least move up To the pitcher Those that came with the pitcher Device to give to you today Help them to at least move up To the shovel God, I pray that not only will we give what is in our hand, but help us also by faith to believe you to put things in our hand and money in our hand in the next 12 months. We could give it. I want you to take out your faith promise card. There should be one on the seat there by you. Is there anyone, and I look around, and is there anyone that doesn't have this white card that says, My Faith Promise? Is there anyone that doesn't have one? The ushers have extra. Does everyone have one? Wave at me if you do not have my faith promise. If you don't have that, wave at me. All right, I'm going to ask you this morning to fill this card out. It says, as God enables me... remember what a faith promise is. Faith promise is not a pledge. It is not a bill. It is exactly what it says. It is a faith promise. You say, God, by faith, I'm believing or 500 a month, or 250 a month, or 1000 a month, or $100 a month, or whatever your faith will allow. God, I'm believing that I'm going to be able to give that much a month or that much a week. God, I, I, by faith, I'm making, this, I'm making this promise. But God, if you do not put that money in my hand, then I am not, a, I am not obligated to give it. I am, not, I am released. But when God gives that to you, don't go out and buy a new car. Don't go to the mall with that money. Give God what you told Him you would give Him. Because I believe with all of my heart, if you'll make a faith promise by faith, believe God for so much, if it's within, at least within reason, I believe, I'm just assured that God will do that for you. And the money will be there. Some of you can just stop going to Starbucks all the time. Just go sometimes and do pretty good. Hello? Amen. Some of you can just drink water instead of drinking a Coke or tea when you go out to eat. And, you know, if there's four or five of you, that's ten bucks right there. And as many times as you go, just put that. I mean, you know what I'm saying? See, a lot of times we don't think, what's in my hand? Well, it's, see, I need to preach another sermon. I might next Sunday. But but I have a sermon that I preach. It's called, I Tithe, So Why Am I Still Broke? If God's going to open the windows of heaven, if God's going to bring it back to me, good measure, prayer. Well, if I tithe, why am I still broke? Because you mismanage. See, you're not going to be rich just because you tithe. You're not going to have enough just because you tithe. You're going to have to tithe, then you're going to have to manage the 90% that's left over correctly. Okay, that's enough preaching. All right, fill this card out this morning. Check either weekly and put the amount, or monthly, and put the amount, or one-time gift, and gift, and put the amount there, and then would you please print your name, your phone number, your address, fill out the card, print very, very clearly, say, well, you know, well, you know, people change their phones, they move, we get stuff all the time back, somebody moved and tell us, this helps us, every time we put out a card and ask you to fill it out, it helps us keep track of our people, we don't